<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Truggies. Welcome to the podcast. I don't know why I was, I'm singing. I've never done that before. <laughs> I was thinking earlier today how we have like, um, you know, fuck the podcast listeners, obviously. Yeah, um, but they're all podcast listeners now. Well, but also like, I mean, there's still like, there's the audio people. They're the podcast listeners. But then we have the YouTube people and we don't have an action for them. But I feel like they're truer because they're still watching us. They're still watching. Yeah. I think yeah. I think they're still proper troggies. Um, You know, they're not. They're not podcast listeners. There, there is a clear yeah. distinction there. Yeah. Fair. Okay. So celebrate the YouTube watchers, viewers. Yeah. Uh, subscribe I to mean, the channel and like the videos. We sort of lumped them with that situation. You know, yeah. we we stopped being live. Um, so yeah, that's it's not it's no it's no fault of theirs. This is no. this one's on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take that hit. Um, yeah. I've just literally as I, as I was getting ready to sit down, we've just had this. Um, have you heard about this? nationwide phone alarm thing no but that's like that's a fairly common thing we have it for like weather alerts and missing kids and stuff oh really i don't think yeah. the uk has had it before so they were doing a test of it today okay um and i i the way i see it is just oh they've there's something in the pipeline that warrants this being <laughs> implemented <laughs> <laughs> There's there's something gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was a load of uh. I was seeing loads of posts during the week about it going to happen. Mm. Um. Basically, people. The thing that people were trying to do was warn anybody that's in a domestic abuse situation if they have a secret phone hidden, make sure it's turned off because the alarm will go off even if it's in silent mode. Okay. Um, so uh, that was that was being shared in a low. A load of posts during the week um which yeah. is yeah it, it's kind of scary actually but uh yeah. on the plus side people that are cheating and have secret phones will also be found out so double whammy yeah. right double whammy yeah, i really i wonder <laughs> what yeah i wonder what sort of trouble people have gotten into because of this now <laughs> to be fair i barely heard it it wasn't that loud oh wow really because the one here is like piercing because we had like we had some major storms in the spring and the government was just like heads it was localized obviously because canada's mm -hmm. gigantic so um but yeah like in toronto they were just like alert everyone got it on their phone i think it was in a bar and everybody's phone went off really and it's just like the city is about the nature is going to huff and puff and blow our house down so just like stay inside chill out so but it was loud, like there was really? no missing it. So it's funny that yours I'm, is like a, a softer, gentler panic honestly, alarm. softer than my, <laughs> I would not have woken up. That was not louder than my alarm to wake myself up. Um, now I'm one of these people that has to set an alarm every five minutes for an hour before I can get out of bed. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is really difficult at the moment because I'm getting up at 5.30 a.m. every day. So I have to Fuck have that. an alarm for about Fuck four thirty, <laughs> which is just grim. It's it's grim. Um, I'm my I I, I don't really want to talk about my my work too much, but I want to say one thing, which is um, that my the the person I'm working for directly, uh, he's he's uh, um, he's great, but he he said to me during the week, he just he he called me mature and robust. <laughs> 
That's and those are not insults. Those, those are, are not insults. insults. No, they are I porn take... categories, but they are not <laughs> insults. <laughs> I've just never been told I'm robust before, um, <laughs> which is just it's just a fun, fun thing to have been. To Do have you had think he meant me. physically or like emotionally, no, mentally I resilient? Meant, I think he meant mentally and emotionally resilient. Okay. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to say very much, but I'm. I'm being given a lot to uh, mm -hmm. deal with. Um, yeah, you're you're at a low <laughs> level. That's uh, they just pile everything goes downhill. To be honest, I think it's less to do with that and more to do with the specific people I'm working with. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 having to to handle quite a bit, but it's it's grand. It's good. It's good. Um, I think. It's going to be one of those. It feels a little bit like it might be a career-making moment at the moment. Actually, it sounds. I mean, if he if he's noticing that like there are incompetent people above you giving you more work than you should have, which is what I'm <laughs> guessing resilient means, and the maturity <laughs> is you not screaming at them. Is uh because -huh. uh, <laughs> I remember. Um, I think that's right because I remember my mom. When I was little, when we first moved over from Ireland, or when she moved over from Ireland, and I was like a baby, mm. um, she was a guy's secretary, and mm. at like this lock company, and he was like really high up in the company, and she was just doing his job because he was a lazy drunk, and word finally got out that it was like, wait, is, I, I don't know if it was in like a meeting where like a few too many meetings where the guy's like, oh yeah, yeah that sure okay. um or what but like they finally figured out that my mom was doing his job and then instead of promoting someone else they just said do you just want his job nice and, you're doing a great job and you already know what it is so but my mom didn't have a university degree so they paid for her to go to university <gasps> while she was doing her job that's wild yeah i mean my mom was very mature and robust so that helped a lot but yeah. uh but yeah it was that's they've it's if you're getting it and no one notices and they think you it's just your job then you're yeah. in a bad place but if you're getting it and someone above you goes like ooh good that's that's a well, really good sign somebody else said something to me as well um i don't want to get into specifics because i yeah i i think it would be robert kind of... pattinson <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we'll say robert pattinson yeah it was robert um, pattinson yeah. somebody from one of the other departments kind of i i had a minute where it was just the two of us in a room at one point and uh she said to me if robert pattinson if i was working for somebody like Robert Pattinson, and he was he was talking to me the way that you are being spoken to. I would be sat in a corner crying all day. Mm. Um, and... Little little does she know that that's how you talk to yourself. So you've had practice. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but it's, it's sort of nice to see that other people see the the behaviors as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of validating it's awesome um, i also i won a photo competition which is really fun <laughs> very cool oh i saw that on instagram I got yeah. a bottle of wine. Hey. wine but it's a trophy now <laughs> that's fantastic do you can you post the picture on the discord 
Yeah. So everyone can see your, your, your winning picture. I was very surprised because the, one of the runners up was like a picture of an explosion. So uh, <laughs> I was I was kind of like, why did my picture get picked? I don't think it's that great, but sure, I'll take it. Uh, I've made my mark on the crew now, which is quite nice. That's um, great. Yeah. What was the fun. yeah what 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 was the competition exactly? It's just every week. It's a rolling competition every week. Um, there's a group chat and you take pictures through the job and whoever at the end of the week somebody's nominated to pick the winning picture and okay. they just pick someone and oh. you get a bottle of wine <laughs> and what what inspired yours what what brought this this art I was, to life it was during a take i looked down there was this huge bug <laughs> uh which honestly looked like a cockroach <laughs> oh. and it just stayed there long enough for me to take a picture so um i just <laughs> i just took this picture and I, I, it just it was so big though it honestly yeah. I really really did contemplate whether or not it was a cockroach um and I mean apparently there are cockroaches coming into the UK uh but oh cool that's exciting isn't it just um Yay. I don't I believe it's just some sort of beetle but it was fucking huge and then it flew away and it was really weird to watch fly mm. um it was one of those ones where it looks like it's got a little parachute where its wings are well it's open or when they're when, when it's, it's open going? when it's when it's okay. flying away it sort of looks like it's almost in the shape of a t so the, the body is sort of down but the wings sort of come up and it has like yeah. a little umbrella like, par parachute looking thing on it like the doors of yeah. a lamborghini yeah exactly yeah it's got <laughs> Weirdly, suicide door yes. wings yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's just a bug that's all it was it was just a bug i don't understand Great. why it won but i'll take the win Great. Um, Accidental perfect composition. What a wonderful exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John, by the way, for the listeners and the viewers, John Speaking is, of bugs. Speaking of bugs, <laughs> yeah. He he wanted us to let you know that he's not here because he is crying and shitting himself. Yeah. Um, that was it's, the exact reason he's not here. <laughs> it's the end uh, of Melbourne Comedy Festival, and yeah. our boy's been through a lot. So yeah. he's taken yeah. he's taken a me day. Yeah, and that yeah. is absolutely fair. I'm probably going to need one of those towards the end of this job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where John is. Um, he's crying, and with the tear soaked tear soaked tissues, he is then wiping his arse. Um, oh, sitting... I made what wipes? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, <laughs> sitting down, of course. John is a of course, yeah, a sitting down wiper because yeah. who is he, Chaz? Yeah, <laughs> Christ, that just seems so long ago. <laughs> and we, remember, we used to watch that every every episode. We used to every, watch it every, every, episode. every episode. We'd watch that. <laughs> I don't even know where it is anymore. Um, yeah, that was a moment. Uh, and then there was then there was the Inception one of us where we we graduated to watching Elliot's reaction. To mm. the original video. Whoa! Yeah, that was great. That was... <laughs> so good. We have had some pretty fun moments on this show. I think we have. We um, have. I want. Oh, I want to. I want to. I want to do a shout out to Elliot real quick. Elliot Steele, friend of the show, fast becoming uncancelable because of his wild views. Yeah, uh, he's he's doing that thing that I've said. I've said forever. Kanye was Kanye was the modern version of it, where if you start crazy then people are no longer shocked by things yeah. that you say. 
Yeah. And he went, he, he went wide with that uh, cyclist joke that he had. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on his Instagram. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. He got got a, a lot, lot of hate for it. For and yeah. all he did was double down and make more. And now it seems like, you know, the more you do that, the less they react because they can't yeah. get you on anything. And so yeah, they just, just move keep, on to another target. And keep uh, going. just keep going. And he's so he's one nice thing about Elliot is that he's actually a sweet boy. So I'm not worried about how this will turn out. He's just also nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I think there's a best case scenario for him. Very happy, very happy to see Elliot <laughs> push through that that wall. <laughs> yeah, it's quite fun to watch him online. Actually, um, he's he's entertaining. He's very entertaining. Yeah. Um, he is. How has your week been? I just work, just work and sleep. It's been. Um, I pulled back to back doubles, which I'm too old for. Um, I did 12 hours Tuesday, 13 hours Wednesday, five hours sleep into work Thursday, then did a bunch of work for my album, five hours sleep into work Friday. Mm -hmm. And luckily at my, at my job that I do on Friday, that's the new waiting job that I got was, um, uh, my roommates, the GM and I was supposed to, I'm on a training shift and I was like, I was supposed to close, but I'd done it on Monday and he looked at me and he was like, do you just want to go? And I was like, yes, yes, more, more than anything. <laughs> and, and he's like, you know, it's how to nice when somebody fine. just sees you in a yeah. moment. Yeah. And he was, he was funny. Cause he's like, I didn't, I don't think anyone else realized how tired you were, but like, I've seen you every day for a month. And I was like, this guy's not right. This guy, yeah. this guy is unwell. So yesterday I just slept a lot, ate, trash um and uh just hot trash bag of gummy worms uh yeah that kind of stuff did you you made yourself want to get sick didn't you i was i was just like you know when you're tired and just out of it and it's like i all i need is to eat healthy and go for a walk and do the things that are good for me and i flat out refuse to do any of that bullshit (laughs) i am (laughs) it was like the the first time I got out of bed was one in the afternoon, and that was to watch the Sixers play because uh, it's the playoffs. And so I watched that, and they won their series, which is great, sweep. And then um, went right back to bed, and then just would wake up, go smoke cigarettes, get back into bed. It was, and I watched I watched like three. I watched Trainwreck, the Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix. Um, which is exactly what I thought it would be. Everyone was like, holy shit. I was like, no, nah, I watched this happen in real time. I was supposed to be there. Uh, and so I, I do, I remember <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty much exactly the mess that I expected. And it's very funny to hear them talk about it. Cause it's like very American. Cause they go, there's never been anything like this. And I'm like, Glastonbury happens every year, yeah. every year Glastonbury happens and it's bigger and <laughs> more successful and run shockingly well but that's because it happens every year but but there's a great there's a great sort of like anti-capitalist rally and cry running through it because every time something went wrong it's because they they gave it to someone to save money so it was like always okay the the food vendors um it'll cost us a lot to take care of all that so we'll just farm it out and then the food vendors are charging anywhere from four to twelve dollars a bottle of water and this is in 99 back when a yeah. bottle of water was 65 cents. And, um, and then it was, so people were like getting angry about that. 
And then it was, uh, they farmed out all the uh, sanitation stuff. And so none of the toilets were getting fixed because all the people that worked for the company were just out partying or they didn't hire enough people. So people got mad about that. And then there wasn't enough security because they just grabbed 18 year olds off the street and were like, Hey, you want a t-shirt? And one, one security guy tells the story about, um, a stranger came up to him and he's like, what can you get with that t-shirt on the security t-shirt? And he goes, pretty much anything you want. Like you can just walk backstage. You can do anything. And the guy goes, how much for it? And security guy goes, $400. And so the guy gave him $400 and he just sold him a security shirt. And then he's like, I didn't care. I had a spare shirt in my bag. Oh my God. (laughs) So so it was just everything that they, it's like a great, like anti-privatizing, um, they held it on um, an Air Force base, which is like for the Festival of Peace and Love is fucking hilarious. Um, my favorite was I like I came of age then, like 99, I was 15. Okay. And the idea that they thought in that time, this is when new metal was it. Um, I think. I don't think UFC had started, but I think MMA was starting. Right. And it was during the um, attitude era of WWE. This is when like professional wrestling was at its biggest. It was one of the biggest things in the world. It was the biggest people in it. were just telling everyone to suck it all the time. And they were, um, it was any woman that was on the show was like at a pay-per-view. She was getting her tits out. They called them puppies. Uh, there was like a, a full creep ring announcer called Jerry the King Lawler, who is a real life monster. If you listen to John's Wrestler Review podcast, you can hear all about what a monster Jerry the King Lawler is. And he was just like so creepy, excited, horny. And it was like racist and weird. And so the idea that in this, like it was, it was, uh, it was an era defined by what we now call toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that they thought they were like, now's the time for peace and love. This is the, they're ready. They're ready for this. And it's like, no, man, we're full like Visigoths. We are nuts. We're ready to fucking storm things and burn them down. Nice. And, and then there's a great, there's a great moment where, cause it's all old guys. Like the guy that ran it is the guy that ran the first Woodstock. And this is just an old guy. He's not in touch at all. And this guy, he's like, I was 22 and I looked at the lineup and I said, guys, I don't think these bands are going to give the vibe you're hoping for. And they basically just told them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then later it was exactly the bands he was worried about that just like burned the place down. It was, um, yeah, it reminded me of a lot. It, it brought me back to a lot of things where I'm like, oh yeah, we were, we were real pieces of shit. And we loved, he was like, and they're like, yeah, American Pie was the biggest movie in the country at the time. Yeah. Go, Not a good sign. Not, Not a, a good, good sign. sign. <laughs> no. I was I was encouraged to watch American Pie too young. <laughs> oh um, yeah. I don't know, but I I think I was like ten or something watching that movie. Oh yeah, no, no. Who encouraged my parents? You? My parents did. They just thought it was so funny. That's and that's that's a great example of <laughs> you know times change. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. What you take for granted is just like, yeah, that's just how the world is, is actually yeah. like, oh, we're just not at our best right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Thorburn has a great sketch um, 
that's gone i think it's gone viral a couple of times on twitter uh-huh. uh, but it's it's he sits down to watch oh this this is my favorite movie back in 2004 <laughs> and it's basically having a go at movies like american pie um yeah. and it's it's just it, cl- it cuts back to him being like i don't remember the diarrhea scene being this long <laughs> and <laughs> um oh that that hasn't aged well and uh that he's like oh i forgot about the blackface and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's a really really good sketch i'd have to dig through his twitter to find it again but it's it's very good um, that's a real that's a real thing i have to give a disclaimer now whenever i recommend movies from back then to friends yeah. or, or yeah. especially friends of friends like you know when you're out with a bunch of people and they go i haven't seen that you go it's great and you're gonna go listen i remember it is great i haven't seen it since it came out yeah <laughs> yeah you definitely have to kind of say i remember it. yeah it, it was it was good i i find that with them um, because one of my favorite movies was i i loved the pink panther movies and they have uh, the original ones the peter sellers the ones. peter sellers yeah. ones yeah not yeah, the steve I martin remakes not no, the, with beyonce god, no. No? god no they're <laughs> just abysmal um but uh yeah i have i have the box set of them on dvds and everything and anytime i talk about them i do have to kind of say they haven't aged well yeah. <laughs> um they really have not but if you if you watch them with that in mind and you kind of put them into the time that they they belonged in you can still sort of enjoy them um i think the first one is relatively okay it's relatively safe um Mm -hmm. the third one really loses the run of itself (laughs) it's it's is it it like they went listen no one wants to watch this anymore so we got to double down on current racism that's we've run out of French jokes. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know if you remember it at all, or if you if you ever saw it. I don't. One, I but, never saw it. No. Right. Uh, the third one. Well, throughout the whole series, he has uh, Peter Sellers is playing Inspector Cluzo, and he has a, a sidekick butler man that he's hired uh, called Cato, who oh, yeah. he has he has hired. Uh, he's he's an Asian man who is a kung fu martial arts master guy, and he's hired him to be his butler and his his sort of right hand uh uh yeah basically to be his butler but he also his specific task is to attack inspector cluzo at random so that cluzo can hone his kind of uh defense self-defense skills you know he's he's just you you gotta just take me by surprise um and it always ends in disaster but during one of those scenes in the third movie Mm. kato falls into a bakery okay and gets covered in flour and he sort of emerges all bedraggled and inspector cluzo this is so bad <laughs> but he just kind of says well at least your face is not yellow anymore of the time and it's just not great <laughs> it's i can't watch that third one anymore i really can't I'm ju- i just that because I think there's more in the movie that's kind of not great, but that particular line, I was just like, no, we're gonna keep that one in the DVD case for now. Yeah. Um, we'll just we might just watch the first one every now and then, but uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's tough. It's I think I've talked about this before, but it's like, have you seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? Audrey no. Hepburn movie. It's great. It's really really good. Um, uh, Truman Capote wrote it um, originally for Marilyn Monroe, but Monroe because. Um, Audrey Hepburn plays a sex worker in it. Uh, Marilyn Monroe didn't want to be 
that anymore. She wanted yeah. to try being a different character. And so Audrey Hepburn took it, like crushed it. But within this like really cool, like kind of funny movie, um, there's a character for no reason, for absolutely no reason, adds nothing to the plot. Doesn't oh, no. need to exist. What what is I know it's a he. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's Mickey Rooney who is like a very, was at the time, a very famous white actor. Uh And they put him in, I don't even think it counts as like Chinese face because he doesn't look like any person that's ever lived. Uh, Doesn't sound like a, but like the (laughs) eyes, the hat, uh, the voice. I think he's the landlord and he just like yells downstairs sometimes. And he's supposed to, he's he's in there as like the comic relief. He's the yeah. he's the Kramer. He's the like very silly, you know, if things get too heavy, let's bring in this horrific Asian accent that oh, is God. like it, it's one of those you you can really tell that back then, like how segregated society was, because if you've met Asian people, you'd be like, Oh, what the what the fuck is this? Like no one sounds like this. It's not even like it's not even hyperbolic. It's yeah. just weird and wrong and so it's like it would be comic relief for people that have never known an asian person because all they have is like stereotypes that are built on stereotypes that are built on stereotypes that are built on hyperboles that have just gotten so out of hand that you get this character and if you go on youtube look up breakfast at tiffany's asian it's fucking wild like it's fucking crazy i remember snap Snap showed it to me snap showed it to me she's like you ever seen breakfast at tiffany's i was like no she's like we gotta watch it and so, like, we did, and every time he popped up, I was like, but what, he didn't add anything. <laughs> There's no reason for this fucking guy to be in here. You oh, could cut him out God. easily, and it would be the and same movie. it would be the movie. same movie. <laughs> and, but, yeah, it's like, it's, it's um, yeah, it's funny to watch those, those sometimes and be like, oh, you you literally never met an Asian person. Yeah. And that's, that's where this came from. Because Mickey Rooney, by all accounts, was very talented. He was a very famous man. But. Nope. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's like watching um, Alec Guinness in, uh, I think it's Lawrence of Arabia, where he plays not a shaman, but not not a shaman, um, like a wise Indian man, full brown face, accent, the whole thing. And, um, and you just go... I mean, this is more nuanced than Andy Rooney, but that's not that's not the bar you want to be measured against. No, there was, no, no. There's yeah, Alleginis for all his Obi Wan Kenobi um, and some genuinely phenomenal roles. He worked with his uh, director David Lean, and I watched um, David Lean made uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, oh, sure, uh, okay. Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Ryan's daughter, brief encounter, bunch of bunch of movies, and uh, most of them great. Some of them terrible. Ryan's daughter's terrible. That's the Irish one. Terrible. Built a whole village in Ireland oh, instead of God. just having a set. And uh, most of the movie had to take place on a sunny day, so it took them a year, and it should have taken six weeks. <laughs> and, um, Christ. Um, but uh, he worked with Alec Guinness a lot, and as the movies get on, Alec Guinness's characters become more and more like uh, embarrassing for Alec Guinness. 
And we think that, so I watched it as part of a film club with friend of the show, Garrett Millerick and Alex Hall, who um, runs the assembly in uh, Edinburgh oh, or yeah, like sure. books. Um, she was my agent I at the time. Alex, don't I? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex is great. And so we, we, we had a, like a film club during COVID where we would just watch one David Lean movie a week. And, um, and we were just convinced that David Lean hates Alec Guinness. He just hates him. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so every movie, I've got this great part for you. You play, you play a uh, mentally handicapped kid. Go wide with it. Go real wide with it. <laughs> Go oh, wow. lean in. Uh, also, do an Irish accent while you're doing it. Um, it's fucking it's yeah Al- alec guinness is a great uh barometer for how movies got that wrong just there's got to be a compilation out there somewhere there must be i'm sure there's somebody who's committed some time to that on the internet <laughs> i hope so i hope so yeah. i'd watch it there's some fucking live moments of that. <laughs> um <laughs> oh God. i'm so glad we're in a, a better society now <laughs> i mean i don't know about better but I'm I'm glad we've moved past that phase. <laughs> half and half, half and half, half and half. half, half, and half. half we're slightly better, like, maybe slightly worse. You know, I'd even say seventy thirty, and it's just the thirty percent are really loud and angry, mm-hmm. and so it's like, but most of us are just like, yeah, we don't need that, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't need. I actually, I was listening to an edit of my album the other day, and in it, I say, um, uh, I think bullying is important. It's just we've been doing it wrong. We used to bully people for how they were born, and I'm happy to bully people for the choices they make, and <laughs> and that's more where we're at now, uh-huh. and um, which is nice. But like the thirty percent are very much like, no, 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 you were either born this way, or we get to ruin your life. Yeah, I think even even though there's still that kind of loud, terrible thirty percent, I do think at a certain point they have also stopped finding certain things funny. So they they just don't really happen anymore. I I I think that they're just so angry that they yeah. don't find like. Have you watched any of the right wing comedy at all? I've seen some little bits and pieces. I think usually just when it's come up here, um, it's it's all bad comedy. Yeah, it's really bad. Like it's clear, like it's poor joke structure. It's terrible premises. It's poorly acted out. The whole thing is just bad top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I, just, I think they might have forgotten what's funny. I think they've lost they've lost something fundamentally human in their rage and fear. Yeah. And uh, I really hope they get that back uh, at yeah, the expense of their rage and fear, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, because even if you don't agree with an opinion, you can appreciate a well a well struck constructed joke <laughs> absolutely you could you know? be like ah, that's actually that's very good <laughs> it's a very good i disagree with the concept yeah. of it but it's a very good joke i i kind of enjoy when i hear things like that you know um that was that was patrice o'neill for me did you ever listen yeah. to him not really but i've i've sort of heard bits and pieces and looked up a little bit but i've never kind of right. sat down and fully listened but uh sure he was he was somebody you didn't really agree with but you still thought it was good at what he did incredible unbelievable yeah. his his wtf podcast I, I think i've said this on here before but i was riding my bike in montreal listening to it i'd never heard of him before Sorry, and i was yawning, by the way it's i'm i'm just no tired <laughs> <Big week. laughs> 
but I was, I was riding my bike and um, I had to pull over on the side of the road because I was laughing so hard, but I disagreed with everything <laughs> he said and thought. Uh-huh. And I had to stop and think about like why that was. <laughs> I was like, how can I live in both of these things right now? Because he's killing me. He was so funny. Yeah. And I was like, this is all wrong. Everything you're saying is insane, but God yeah. damn, it's funny. But it's funny. I, it's, I think it's, um, and it's, I had this with like a younger Bill Burr as well, where even though I disagree with this, you understand why you think it. And so there's, it's based within a logic. Sure. It's not like just an ideological, like nutso thing. Like they've thought it all through. They've got a world for it. And they go, this is the thing. And here's why. And you go, okay, I disagree with that, but that's a very funny idea. That's a very yeah. funny way of presenting <laughs> a terrible idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's I I I sort of I enjoy and respect when I see comedy I disagree with, but I still laugh at. Oh, it's the um, best. It's it's great. I really, yeah, yeah I really it, it doesn't happen often. Um, mm. but it's fun when it does. Um I, I I was nearly thinking of somebody there, but I've realized I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't <There's>, apply. Um, <laughs> there was a great um do you know who Bert Kreischer is? American yes. comedian. Yeah. Takes like his shirt off the machine. Yeah, I I really I really like him, even though again <laughs> it, it 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 is sort of one of those things of I don't necessarily like everything he stands for but i i like him there's something fundamentally likable about him. super likable guy he's yeah. a big he's a big puppy dog yeah but he um he talks he talks about his daughters a lot um on his mm-hmm. podcast and um he organized this tour that was all minor league baseball diamonds and he brought in a bunch of other comics to do the tour with him and his daughters came to one of the shows and do you know shane gillis he no. was the guy that wasn't allowed on Saturday Night Live. Like he got cast, but then some racist things from his right. podcast came out and they kicked him off. And I do remember hearing about that. Yeah. So Shane Gillis is an incredible comedian. Um, the racist stuff on his podcast, I remember watching and being like, oh, this is white guys forgetting they're being recorded, saying awful things to make each other laugh. Right. It was like, I know the difference between hate and that, like playing that game. Mm-hmm. and I heard it and I was like I know what this is I totally understand why they had to let him go but I also know what that is and I watched his stand-up special and I was like this is fucking amazing like it's a really great special and Kreischer was talking about Shane Gillis is on stage and his teenage daughter who's very like she's very right on she's you know she's trying to do right in the world and he said she was crying laughing and she came up to him afterwards and she was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I disagree with everything he just said. And that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that's nice. And the joy of Kreischer, like getting to witness that moment in his daughter, that like, this is what really good comedy is. Is it like, it yeah. doesn't matter where you stand. It's just yeah. funny. It's just <laughs> funny. He was, he was delighted. He was so happy. Yeah. That's good. That yeah. is good. I think, yeah, if you can, if you can even make people who disagree with you laugh, that's there's a skill in that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is unparalleled. Um, that's yeah. I mean, the best example that I've ever seen was in Dick Gregory's autobiography. Okay. Dick Gregory was like, um, he was a comedian, and then he became a civil rights activist, 
um he had like very political comedy but then he just he was like comedy's not what we need right now it's like he was marching with dr king he was actively a part of that whole movement mm-hmm. and there was this one he was uh performing at the playboy club which was the big shows back then playboy had their own like theaters wow. and they would put on like like george carlin used to perform there um uh, prior all these guys uh, sort of before they became who they were when they were like more mainstream stuff and Gregory says he was supposed to do this weekend. The booker called him up and said, listen, we have like the organization of Texas racists. Like that's not their name, but basically that's what it was. <laughs> they, were like, they, have, <laughs> they, they have rented out the theater with their big hats and they will just, we'll pay you for the weekend and we'll get you another weekend. Like, don't worry about it. We don't, none of us want to put you through this. And Gregory goes, nah, fuck that. Put me on. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so God. he goes in and he says, as soon as he walks on stage, it's just like grumbles and tension. And then he tells a story. He's like, oh, you guys are from Texas. I was in Texas one time. And um, I went into this restaurant. The waitress came up and she goes, we don't serve colored people here. And he said, that's okay. I don't eat colored people. And that guy, <laughs> the room just went boom. I mean, it's the '60s, so it's like, <laughs> but it was like just a huge laugh. Wow! And and he talks after that about like it's you know preaching that doesn't change a single mind. Yeah. It's if you can find the humor within it, then they see your humanity, and then you can move forward. And it's like it's it it's something that I recommend every comedian or like aspiring comedian read. His book, it's called The N-Word. The book is called, it's, but the actual N-Word, Hard R. And uh, he said the reason he called it that is because that way, whenever anyone calls a black person the N-Word, they're advertising his book. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's it's a, great. It, it's, an ama- it's an amazing read. But that, like, yeah, that moment is uh, burned into my mind as the, the ultimate in um how to deal with telling jokes yeah. to people who disagree with you wow that's that is fascinating i'm gonna mull over that <laughs> so far, that's okay i don't eat colored people what <laughs> so silly <laughs> such a dad oh, joke it's, it's such a dad joke it really is <laughs> oh wow um, you were saying about how you have been very busy and working and sleeping and all of that sort of thing. I'm I've been very much the same to the point where I have not been eating very much the past couple of weeks. Uh-oh. And uh, yesterday I put on some clothes that have I I I have a three um, different pairs of the same tailored trousers that I get that are they just I I. I'm shapely and I find it very, very difficult <laughs> to find things that fit me well. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about, we've talked about your we've, ass problem. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. an ass problem. Yeah. Um, and so there's uh, Zara does this one pair of tailored trousers and they bring them out in different colors every season. And I sort of get them a lot because they just fit me really well. Mm. And, but they, I always get them in, in the size that just fits like there's no wiggle room, but they're comfortable. But they ju- they just fit, yeah, really. Re- and 
I put them on yesterday. <laughs> I could fit my arm down into them. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ashley. Eat After some food. After two weeks. <laughs> and that was a moment of slight concern. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I, since yesterday, I have eaten quite a lot of food. Good. Um, if nothing else. A lot of protein. and, and Pack your bag with protein stuff. bars or something. Yeah. Uh, well, basically what I need to do, because I'm getting fed on the job. Mm. Um, so I get a little bit of a breakfast and then I get a meal at lunch. Mm. But I get home quite, it's, it's a long day. It's 11 hour days or 10 hour days, uh, but with a bit of a travel as well. And so um, I get home and I am just wiped out and I, mm. I just get home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Some evenings I have enough time to have a shower, but that's it. So going from lunchtime to breakfast every day, not eating, yeah, <laughs> uh, which isn't good. And I'm I'm not condoning this behavior. It's just been adjusting into a new lifestyle and realizing that I need to just figure out how to shove some food in my face when I get home every evening before I collapse into bed. Um, no, so don't do that because then you won't sleep as well. You need to eat while you're still at work. But I can't. Just power bars, just some bananas, things like that. Yeah. Mix, something you have to eat during the day because if you eat right before you go to bed, then your body will be digesting while you're sleeping, and you won't sleep as well. I know. Well. I know. Yeah, so don't, is, don't do well, that. Is, that's not that's, that's another reason that I've been doing that a bit is because I I don't like to eat before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I just I just have to figure it out a bit. Um. I am going to make banana bread after this show, nice. and so I'll have some of that in a in a tub hopefully and um yeah we just gotta figure it out because i definitely can't keep surviving in the way that i am no i mean that's i had something my jeans are i've been wearing 30 size 36 jeans for a while and i just i've been like eating better and exercising every morning and not eating at night and not really drinking and now I I literally, I was wearing my jeans. I was like, these feel really baggy. And I pulled them out. And it was like a before and after poster for weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's so much. It's ridiculous how big my fucking jeans are on me right now. But I can't afford, <laughs> I can't afford to buy new pants. So I'm just, <laughs> just Can you afford these. a belt? <laughs> I can't, I'm on the I'm on the last loop of my belt. And so. Oh, my days. Um, Can you puncture yeah, another one in it? I've gone down two belt loops since I started doing this and it's, yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's great. Mine is more like mine is sort of on purpose, you know, like I eat, I eat a nice breakfast and then I eat lunch at work and then I don't necessarily eat at night, but that's something that I learned when I was at the monastery was food is for energy. I told you that I lived in, I told you I lived in a monastery. No, you didn't. Really? <laughs> no, you you have never mentioned that you lived in a monastery. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we've, we've only got a couple minutes left in this one, so yeah, we'll save that gonna, for Wednesday. Yeah, you're going to delve into that story yeah. on Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, Tune in but, yeah. on Wednesday to find out when and why Chris lived in a monastery and why <laughs> this has never come up before. What the I, fuck? <laughs> I can't believe that hasn't come up before. Um, How has this never come up before? <laughs> Um, but that's funny. Also, You're having. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of surprised, but I'm also just not. I'm just, yeah. not. 
Yeah. Why, why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> a fucking, of course you lived in a monastery. <laughs> There's, what's great about this, this is the exact synapse. Didn't find out about that uh, until I think we were four years into our relationship. It had, it had just never come up. And she had the exact, the exact same reaction. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "She's like you, motherfucker! How?" <laughs> that is how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! Right. Any concluding thoughts for this episode? <laughs> um, oh, so I'll, I'll finish the the eating thing. So the um, yeah. because it's food is for energy, and I haven't really been doing uh, shows lately, and so I don't have anything to do at night. So yeah. because I don't need energy, I haven't been eating at night, mm-hmm. and that that's the way that I've been doing. And I've got a rule: I can't eat after eight p.m. now, mm-hmm. um, so that my body can actually like digest it, and you know, I, I sleep properly because I can't sure. wake up in the morning. So this is fucking me up. Um, so yeah, so through that. I've lost a bunch of weight and um, I feel kind of, I put on a, I put on a t-shirt that was very stretched out from, it was like from before when I was in good shape and, um, and I keep it, I keep it with me when, um, so I can tell how fat I'm getting. That's So it's like, I've had it for ages. I bought it when I was in really good shape and then I put it on and I go, oh yeah, this is stretchy. This is bad. And I put, I put it on today. I hadn't put it on in months and I was just like, I wonder. And I was like, it almost fits. Oh shit. Wow. 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 Yeah. Um, that's fun. Uh, right. Well, let's leave it there for this week. It's called there. Tune in, tune in Wednesday uh, for monastery stories. Uh, monastery story. Like yeah. Of course, you lived in a monastery. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm so intrigued to hear this. This is a very like I'm. I want to hear about because people have that reaction a lot where they go, "Fucking, of course you did," and I don't know what that means or. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a way to put it into words. (laughs) I think it's just, it's just one of those things. You just know. And unfortunately you're not in a position to know what it is. The rest of us know. (laughs) I can't. I've never met myself. You're not outside of yourself. And so Mm -hmm. you can't really get it. Yeah. But of course you did. (laughs) <laughs> I love no one's ever happy about it either they're always annoyed they're always like yeah. fucking, <laughs> of course you piece of shit <laughs> it's just I I can't I can't put it into words I really can't but it's it's simultaneously great and fucking annoying <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Did I ever tell you a friend? A friend of mine called me up. She was locked out of her house, and she just called me up because she was like, "I can't afford a locksmith, and I just feel like you know how to pick locks." (laughs) (laughs) You fucking did, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't know that I did. And then I started talking her through. I was like, well, I guess if you do, oh yeah. And then you, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, was, it was very silly. Um, I want to learn how to pick locks now, actually. Oh yeah. The information's out there. Yeah. That would so, be fun. It's not that hard. You just need like one hard straight thing and then one sort of curvy thing. And then you balance the curvy thing on top of the straight thing to put the keys because it's all pins, right? Pins, that's yeah. why that's why your key has all those little angles on it. Mm -hmm. And so you just uh, you balance, you sort of leverage the curvy one against the hard flat one to push the pins up into the right place. And then it just turns. And now we all know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a knack to it, but that's the basic theory yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to play with that. Um... So, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get locked out of my flat in the, in the process for sure. Uh, right. <laughs> let's cue the old lady. No, wait. Let's start the show. Oh, Jesus, we didn't start the show. <laughs> start the show. <laughs> oh, no. The Canadians are coming. Chris, John, and Irish Ashley combine to make the ultimate team better than any wet dream. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. John's the CEO and Boomer. Ashley's the real leader. Chris brings the vibes and juices as our enjoyment increases. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. Into her vagina. That's all.